Hi, class. My name is Angela. Hello, class. My name is Natasha. Hello, class. My name is Joanna. So let's break down social media. Social media as a whole has taken over our world. Don't you guys think? That's a good question, Natasha. Yes, social media has become such a dominant platform that connects people globally. There are various social media platforms such as LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and other social media tools that serve as communication platforms that can extend to learning platforms. In today's technology-driven era, it's highly unlikely that we would come across someone who is not an active user of some sort of social media, specifically teens. For some people, certain social media platforms serve different purposes. I actually discussed this in my uh, previous blog post where I talked about how I use my Facebook account to connect with former classmates and work colleagues, while I prefer to keep my Instagram account a bit more personal and choose to only connect with close friends and family. I would completely agree that social media has become you know, such a staple in our everyday lives. I would have to say that very rarely have I come across an individual who is not connected to any form of social media. I'd say my parents, but in recent years, even they've adopted a Facebook account. Just walking outside, you see all these teenagers, children, and even adults on their phones almost 24-7 texting or scrolling while doing something so simple as walking across the street. Almost every day, I have to make sure to drive carefully when passing crosswalks because you never know when someone will just walk out without looking at the streetlights. That's a really good point, Natasha. I think one of the downsides to social media is that people can become so distracted by it that it becomes a problem. So in your example, people tend to spend so much time scrolling through random posts on um, a social media platform. They seem to be so disconnected from what's actually going on around them. Oftentimes, you just want to tell people, wake up, look up. Yes, well, I think that while social media can definitely be a distraction in everyday life, some of those various social media platforms that you mentioned earlier, Joanna, such as Facebook or Twitter, um, they eventually found their way into the classroom as a way to make learning more accessible and relatable to students these days. So as an educator, and I know, Natasha, you would probably agree, uh, if used correctly, social media can become a tool for success and be viewed in a more positive light. I myself use a form of social media in the classroom called Class Dojo, and it's a great way to have easy communication with the parents of my third graders. I find that social media can be beneficial in the classroom. Um, as Angela, you just actually mentioned how social media can be used as a tool. In my personal experience, social media was never something we were handed to use daily. Now, they actually use this app called Remind, where teachers can leave messages or notifications to remind their students of the upcoming assignments, tests, classwork, or projects. So this type of social media resource is seen as an application that can actually get the learning across the table rather than be used as a distraction. Um, when comparing the social media as we did in the class debate, I feel that there are many different perspectives that we can look at when opening up such a broad topic of discussion. So speaking of social media, Dana Boyd states that the ability to understand how context, audience, and identity intersect is one of the central challenges people face in learning how to navigate social media. With this in mind, we can begin to understand the idea of impression management on social media. Impression management isn't about creating false online identities. It is more about how people are selective and how they choose to present themselves. And I think this idea um, actually isn't so far removed from what people do during face-to-face -face interactions. What do you guys think of impression management and why does context matter? I find impression management and 
inevitable part of our lives when looking at it from a social aspect. People try to make profiles so that they just look and fit the part. For example, in our own lives, we sometimes might just post specific pictures on Instagram, Facebook, or Snapchat that propose our personality to be of a specific type. Um, We can also look at job interviews where we present ourselves as the best candidate we can be in order to nail that position. I don't feel that impression management is a false identity issue at all. Instead, I actually think that it's just can be looked at a controversial way on how we portray ourselves to the world. I think that in a world where social media is so prevalent, people depend on their accounts to show off their best side. Uh, I don't think anyone would disagree with a little impressions management. Think about having a LinkedIn account where potential employers may see you or schools may want to consider you for a scholarship, and especially in those instances, context matters. Uh, Remember the young black man who had applied to an Ivy League school only to be shut down by his MySpace profile? You know, the context of his account stood out to these admissions officers in a negative way, and in an instant he was tossed out of consideration. That's why impressions management is important. Everything we post on social media may be only showing our best selves and not the whole picture, but I mean, in some way it's still us. So I want to take a step back and discuss our Netflix um, Black Mirror episode. We all love Netflix, so our class, I feel, as a whole, really enjoyed this episode. I, for one, watched this one during the summer, and I was totally hooked. This show was so interesting on technology or ideas that can take us into the future. I found that this episode specifically was interesting, being that it was revolving social media likes and how crazy our daily lives revolve around how popular you can really be. I found this episode to be really interesting um, and entertaining, but I also thought it was a little crazy. I mean, some of the parts in the video just really reminded me about behavior um, that you would see in a high school with teens. And also, this episode really reminded me of the video that we watched that discussed China's um, social credit score system. You know, I honestly can't imagine a society where everyone sort of just becomes a number, We're not looking at people anymore. We're just looking at numbers. With this in mind, I would really be doubtful about how authentic people are. And on another note, this also made me think about the Ronson reading and all of the public shaming stories he mentioned. Social media has really redefined what it means to be careful of what you say and how you say it because the world is now your audience. I love all the Black Mirror episodes. I agree that the concepts are extremely futuristic Uh, And I would even say cautionary to what our future can become if we go down certain wrong paths when misusing technology. Earlier, we spoke about impressions management, and I think it's clear that we all tweak our profiles and post what we post in order to show ourselves in the best light. Nosedive showed us what could happen if we take impressions management too far. And then we're all dependent on other people's opinions, you know, not just for our own personal satisfaction, but... Literally, our livelihood would depend on it. So what did you guys think of the concept? Did you find the show in any way relatable to our class discussion? Well, when I connect Nosedive to other class discussions, the first thing I think of is poor Justine Sacco, who was mentioned in the Ronson reading. The girl was clearly not an expert on impressions management and had no clue she was going to be offending so many people with her poorly thought out tweet. The fact that she couldn't even see how this tweet may be misunderstood as racist shows little care or effort in being digitally literate. 
I can't help but think how Justine would have been locked up in social media prison like the main character was in the Black Mirror episode. She would not have had a very high social media score. And if she was a Chinese citizen, I don't believe she would have had a very high social credit score, possibly affecting her ability to own property or buy things like plane tickets even. Now let's shift the focus onto the social credit score video. It was similar to the Black Mirror episode, and I found that the video in China made the Black Mirror episode very relevant. In China, they took the social credit score, which is so important and individually specific, and made it a way of life. The video also showed some real-world examples on how they were able to get, buy, loan, or even use their credit score to go places all based on what number they had. Now my question to you is, how is this effective to us as U.S. citizens? If it was implemented today, my reasoning would be, well, look at the people who live in the world and have bad credit scores. How would those people survive? Do you two think that this implementation would be a good or a bad idea? I think to a certain extent, the social credit score system is slowly slipping in unofficially. As Ronson illustrated with the example of Justine Sackle, the way we engage with social media can have both positive and negative impacts on our daily lives. While in China, the social credit score system is strictly imposed by the government, here it seems as those policies are carried out by everyday citizens. From a business standpoint, I have to say it may be useful to assess a company based on the idea of a social credit score. It can provide some insightful on, insight on whether the company has some sort of moral integrity or is acting responsibly. But in some ways, I think it's a bit too harsh and another form of government repression. Whether we agree that it's fair or not, our social media activities are most likely reviewed before we receive a job offer, educational scholarships, by landlords for apartment decisions, and for a host of other reasons. I agree with you, Joanna, that I believe it's a bit too harsh what they are doing over there. Uh, and I also wanted to compare it to the U.S., that although we don't exactly have a government ranking system put in place to regulate our behavior as the Chinese do, we as U.S. citizens are able to rank each other and give each other rewards or punishments, you know, based on our behavior through our social media accounts in a way, kind of like how you were saying. Uh, we see it already where people with less favor favorable opinions are kind of being shut out. People who post offensive tweets can be fired from their jobs, uh, like you mentioned, Justine Sacco, and in the blink of an eye can lose everything. Um, we also have the power to push someone into the limelight who has a positive message to share um, in that case as well. So before we wrap this up, let's talk a little bit about the voice threat social media debate, which I thought was very interesting. I'm honestly not sure where I stand on this yet. I think so. social media has both positive and negative effects on society. I think that the most apparent positive point is that it really does enable us to communi communicate on such a global scale with just a click of a button. This is something that's important for society because it allows us to share our thoughts and connect with people for greater causes, such as the Me Too movement or even just to encourage people to vote. One of the negatives I can think of is that people tend to really go overboard with impression management and it just starts to create the sense that people are not authentic online. How do you guys feel about this? I think it's very smart that you can see both sides of the argument for social media and aren't generalizing it as negative or positive, but realize that no matter what, it has an impact on our society. Um, overall, I like to lean more towards the positive aspects. Social media is a good way for communication, information sharing, 
Um, and it just allows people to connect around the world. As Joanna, you mentioned, it is a great way to spread the message about getting people out there to vote, especially around election time. This is a message I feel that all political parties can get behind and uh, spreading by bi- spreading a bipartisan message um, like this one makes us a, makes us stronger as a nation, I feel. I totally agree. I think that it's neither negative or positive. Rather, it's probably seen by most people as both. Social media is seen as a platform with multiple possibilities, so we can see how much of an impact it has, whether it's an area of communication, profiles, education, PR, and so much more. I agree with both Joanna and you, Angela, that the reasoning I would side with is that we get this mass amount of communication freedom where we get to share images and send messages to our friends and family all around the world. I know in my own family, we have tons of relatives spread in the U.S., but we also have a major part of them living in India. We like to stay connected with my aunts and uncles and see them grow because we may not always be able to go visit them, and I'm sure they feel the same. So to me, I see social media as a connecting link, piecing the puzzle together.